Hi guys, I'm Rachel. And I'm Jess, and this is Mothering On My Own podcast. Each episode, we'll dive into stories of resilience, triumph, and personal growth shared by women who are mothering on their own. This podcast serves as a reminder that you are not truly alone and there's a community of women who are navigating the highs and lows of this extraordinary journey. Join us as we unpack the many ways of mothering on my own. Welcome everyone to our next ep on Mothering on My Own podcast. We are doing a bit of a, I guess, a different one this week. We've had so many questions just kind of come in and we just thought maybe Rach and I might just kind of have one app that's dedicated to answering these questions from our perspective. We did say that we're going to get lots of guests on the podcast, which we are, but we thought a lot of these are coming up the same themes and the same questions. So we thought, let's just sit down and do a bit more of a, I guess, a shorter app. We say that and it's probably <laughs> going longer, but that's kind of what we're going to get into today. So how are you, Rach? How's your week been? It is, should I mention, it's Tuesday night. 9 p.m. Oh my God, mothering on my own at its finest. So we um, are trying to squeeze these episodes in. So it's a Tuesday night. It's what time is it there, Rach? It's 9, 9.30 almost. And like you said, this is like the epitome of mothering on my own and these little pockets of time that you get that's not hardcore managing your life to be able to do it. Like this yeah. is where it's at. I have been good it's just been busy for me work-wise and yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot of work doing this because obviously it feels really fulfilling, but of course it has added, I guess, a layer onto my current workload that, you know, yes, I was somewhat prepared for, but yeah, it's keeping me busy and I am really loving that. I'm loving how sort of busy I'm feeling and how fulfilling it feels, but it's an adjustment, obviously, you know, managing time again and adjusting to a new sort of routine and flow of things, but otherwise good. Do you want to give us a quick recap of the Bali trip? <laughs> I know, only a week. I was only there for a week, but it was so nice. Child-free, both my partner and I didn't obviously have, have our kids with us on the trip. So uh, my son went and saw his dad, which was really nice, and he just loves going up there. His dad lives in Port Douglas, so for him it's such a holiday and he just has the best time. Yeah, so just went to Bali, like really just hung out and did nothing. We stayed in Changu, which was my first time staying in Changu, and literally just got full massages, went out for coffee, Stop it. ate so many smoothie bowls um, <laughs> and just hung out. So I just cannot believe it is getting towards the end of September. It is just blowing my mind. I know we say that every year goes so quick, but this year it was next feels- level, doesn't it? Oh, I just- it was like lightning. So yeah, I yeah. um yeah, it was awesome. It was a nice holiday. Like I feel I'm traveling a lot at the moment because I travel a lot interstate for work. And then obviously Dan, my partner, lives in Sydney. So I do travel a lot there. But this was probably the first, well, yeah, like my first actual holiday, like overseas holiday this year. So it was really nice. Um and to this switch is- off. Do you manage, like when you see him, do you sort of have your next trip organized before you leave each other or is it just kind of like you just hope that there's going to be an opening for the both of you? Uh, yeah, look, not really, but I just feel like the nature of both of our work, we kind of know that we will be able to travel soon. So in, you know, on Sunday, it's Tuesday and on the this Sunday, Seb is going back up to see his dad and um, it just has worked out that way with a few events going on up in Port yeah. Douglas. So then I'll go there for a few nights, but it has, even though you know, it's been almost a year now we've been together, that 
we probably have been seeing each other every two to three weeks, maybe yeah. more, like sometimes more than. So, yeah, it's funny. I feel like it's that typical kind of thing is that when you put your energy into that type of location yeah. or wherever, like things start to happen in that place. So for me with my work, it's funny when I actually started chatting to Dan at the start, I then actually signed with an agency over in Sydney. So it's funny that I hadn't been doing a lot of work or not a lot had been taking me to Sydney prior and now I'm there all the time. Uh-huh. So yeah. it's it's interesting. It's kind of like um we talk, you know, when you are thinking of something and then you always see it. Like it's kind totally. of that yeah. type of feeling. But yeah, so no, um Bali was great. My um I was a little bit emotional. My mum loved Bali and spent a lot of time in Bali and just before she passed away she actually went over to Bali um and had to come home early and was when she came home early she went straight into hospital and she didn't come out of hospital after after Bali so that flight home which everyone knows is such a horrible flight that midnight flight I actually got quite emotional on the flight just thinking of her kind of coming back on that but um you know happy happy and sad times the whole the whole um every time I remember her so anyway that was kind of my my Bali recap (laughs) so I guess some of the questions that we've got like we're going to try and cover a couple of them tonight that are just sort of the main ones I guess there are some that are coming in hard and fast and I guess we just wanted to say like we are onto it and I think the the thing to really note is with some of these questions there is a lot to it so for example you know we've had people writing in and asking about Centrelink and what payments look like with that. And it's like, we don't want to, there's certain things that I think we can talk about our personal experience and it have value, for example, with relationships or co-parenting, it's sort of, you know, broad. Whereas with something like Centrelink, obviously with the limited knowledge that I have, you know, it's different for everybody. It depends on your income. It depends on your situation with your ex-partner. Like there's lots of moving parts. So we're super conscious of that and we want to make sure we're we're putting out the right information for people that is actually going to be, you know, a good resource. So we are getting people that are going to come on and be able to talk about that. You know, even from a finance perspective, we've touched a little bit on it for both of us, but to have someone on there that can talk about managing finances when it's, you know, when it is the bare minimum, you know, like when you're not you don't have a huge budget to work with. So just making sure we're covering off those things. We have a psychologist that will be coming on. Like I'm so excited for that. The minute we sort of spoke to her, I just now have a million questions running in my head. But yeah, so we're 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 gonna cover it all. We're gonna get there. It's just we're just sort of prioritizing what's coming in hard and hard and fast first that we know that we can answer and sort of do it justice. Yeah, for sure. So One that came through for you, Jess, we did do a question box and I sort of said, is there anything specific to each other that, you know, people wanted to know? Now, someone asked you, how did you cope with your ex-partner having their new girlfriend around your child? I feel so sad. Yeah, it's interesting because prior to this question box, I did one as well, an anonymous one, and a lot of them were around that. How do you go about that feeling when they start dating someone and how do you start even thinking about it because it's it's really sad like that person just said so look going right back at the beginning we split I split from Seb's dad in February and I oh gosh all these the first year is a bit of a blur which I'm sure if you're in that first year probably don't remember much to start taking notes (laughs) 
but I believe he started dating towards the end of that year and I was still very much in my healing journey and I mean we all still are but I was still very much in the in the depths of it and it was really sad and it was sad because sad because you were broken up or sad because I guess that loss of family unit Sad before the loss of family unit. Not, yep. and this is the funny thing where where I think everyone will re- well, you may not, you may still want to be with your partner, if, you know. But what's confu- not confusing, but I think what surprised me was I knew that I didn't want to be with my ex anymore. But there's this feeling of a new person coming in, going, they are in the position that is my position. I don't want to be in that position. Which, like, so that sounds silly. I don't want to be in that position but together because I know it didn't work, but technically they are living that family life that was yours. Mm -hmm. And that is really hard to deal with initially. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so if if they're your initial feelings, then absolutely it's sad. One thing I will one thing I will say is if it hasn't happened yet, try not to get, like we were saying we've said in our first few episodes, try not to spiral before it happens. Yeah. Because it might actually be better than you've ever expected. And yep. now my son's dad is with a new partner, so not not the original one. And so there was one and now there's only one more. Um, and she is so lovely and so caring and Seb adores her. Look, I, I received my first ever Mother's Day acknowledgement from since when mm-hmm. Seb's dad was with his new partner. So his new partner obviously has cared a lot about our relationship and who I am, obviously, you know, being Seb's mum and he, she has such a respect for me and it is just really beautiful. And like I said, yeah, I received my first birthday present. I received my first Christmas present since being a solo mum and just the acknowledgement. And there has been so many beautiful and amazing things that I probably once really feared yeah. and this is not going to be the case for all all scenarios and you would just really hope that you can have this communication with your ex-partner and this is something actually that I would say and I'm sure that we we would have had these conversations try to have these conversations of the boundaries and the expectations that you might have with a new partner when both of you are single yeah I just think that it can take a lot of emotion out of it because mm-hmm. there's not actually anything yep. there yet. So You're getting if, defensive about like your part, new partner and yeah, yeah, less heat. Yes, absolutely. And I, like I said, I'm trying to remember if we had these conversations. I'm sure we would have, but yeah, like if you're if you're kind of in a a relationship, uh, sorry, a split family now, and you are worried about these things, I think it there would be a lot of value in in saying, hey, can we chat about? one day, one day, and it may not be for years, but it also might be in the next, you know, month or so. And I think it would definitely help just to kind of have those boundaries in place, both chat about what you expect, because you would hope that, I mean, not all the time, but you would hope that you were on similar pages with your child meeting someone new and how that was introduced. So yeah, look, I was much later on when I met my current partner now and my partner that I'm with is the first person that Seb ever met. So, and not to say that, you know, it's tricky and you will be the one that is able to gauge your children or child 
and how you go about introducing them to a new person. But I really, taking it back, sorry, to that feeling of the first time and that the feeling of a partner kind of being in, a new partner being in your position. I think as well that we also forget that how quickly we can also have that same thing. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, or well for me, definitely for me, I looked at it and I thought it's bad. And I feel like this definitely has, this is coming from a place of not being huge yet because I remember thinking, oh, of course, of course you've met someone. Of course you've got the, in quotations, the happy family, even though I knew in my core, in my heart, I knew that that wasn't the case, but I did feel that way because I was like, well, I'm the one here that's doing it on my own and I'm the yeah. one anyway. That was that was a bit of a pity party for a moment. But they're natural feelings that will come up and that's okay to acknowledge that. And But I think, like I was saying, I think it's nice to remember that you can also then have someone and be happy and they can coexist together. I think sometimes we forget that if someone else has something that we then can't have it. It's like, well, no, we can both. We can both have it. And now, you know, two and two and a half years on, oh gosh, she's a two and a half current. Yeah, about two and a half, maybe more. It's um, you know, we are in such both myself and Seb's dad are in really healthy, great relationships. And the same thing as what I spoke about in my episode is I couldn't have imagined that this is what it would be like. Yeah. You know, Seb goes <laughs> Seb goes up to Port Douglas and a lot of people ask me if he flies up on his own. He does not. <laughs> you have to you have to be uh, I think five for a minor, but a lot of the time it's actually Seb's dad's girlfriend's family because they're still here. So they will fly him up because they're going to visit. So they'll either fly him up, her sisters will go up, and it's just kind of working. And it's like I said, if someone said this to me two years ago, I would have said, you're not fucking serious. Like I would not have thought. So look, and at the start, I'm not saying that it was that easy. You know, the first time that I went to the airport with Seb for him to go on a plane and I had met, you know, I obviously had met the family prior. Oh my gosh. I was so emotional the two, the days before. And I I didn't actually realize why I was so emotional because I'm, I'm pretty chill when it comes to Seb. And I think, yeah, I think, I mean, I could go both ways, but I think having to rely on so many people and said having to be with so much of my family while I juggled a lot, I, I could get used to kind of having to be away from him when I needed yep. to. So when, um, but when I had to go to the airport, I just almost had this out of body experience of just being like the whole gravity of the situation sunk in. Like I'm handing my two-year-old over to go on an airplane. And I just remember, you know, for that first day feeling really heavy and I cried a lot, but then, but then as soon as he got there, and just, you know, and Seb's dad and I's communication is really constant. That was another question that I had personally was, how do you deal? Do you not communicate while you're together? How do you deal with that? Look, every situation, again, is going to be so different. I'm very fortunate that we have such open communication. We text every day. We call most days, like FaceTime most days, Seb and, Seb and his dad, and then for me and uh, me and Seb when he's away. And we have that open communication. We send photos, we send updates. And I think it's just always coming back to what is best for your child or children. Mm-hmm. Are they happy? Are they safe? Are they secure? And if they are, then it's just working through all those, yep. those steps. And they and they do get easier. They're hard at the start, but they do get easier. And um, and Seb's happy and he's loved and and that's all that matters really. So that was a very long-winded answer, but um Nah, I get it. And I think the key things that I sort of heard from that were really 
like just acknowledging that if you have those heavy emotional sad feelings that that is okay to have them and it it would be so normal and natural but I guess the key thing is just maybe not to stay there like I think to acknowledge those feelings to sit with them to process them and go this is fucking heavy like I'm meant to be with him He's now, I don't want him around another woman. Like it should be me. You know, those feelings are so warranted, but I can see how if you stay in that for too long, it's going to be a pretty unhealthy space for you and for your child likely and for the ex-partner, I'm I'm sure of it. So I guess they're the things that I really took from that. Yeah, I think if you, like you said, if you've got the idea in your head that you think it's going to be fucked, if you think it's going to be a mess, if you think it's going to be a nightmare, then like how can you pull anything positive from that thought process? There's just no way. But the amazing thing that I really took from Abby's conversation was just that deep, deep dedication and commitment to the vision that she had for her relationship with her, the father of her children. And I think if that is at the forefront of your mind, if you can have that for the father of your children, then why not have that for the woman that will be around your children, maybe short term, but maybe forever. Like if they're going to be around your children forever, don't you want that to be positive? Don't you want that to be a good relationship? And God forbid, what if you could be a support for each other? What if you could help each other out in this crazy world that we live in? Like how incredible could that be? But if you're sitting in the negative feelings for too long, it's going to be very hard to create that. Yeah. And look, I've got, look, I know, yeah, a lot of friends that have some pretty hard co-parenting relationships and look, yeah, it's really tough. And I feel really sad for the people that don't put their child first because I can see it. And I also see friends of mine that are absolutely doing the best for their child and then their partners, their ex-partners are not. And growing up with a split family, like when the kids are older, they start working out for themselves what what yeah. happened and what is going on. So it's, you, yeah, you just want to try your best when they're little to try and keep it as happy and positive as possible for sure. Yeah. Okay, right, for you. So when did you feel like you were ready to date again and you mentioned that you were off the apps? So do you find it harder to date now? And how do you meet men? I'm laughing because we joked about me winking at cafes. <laughs> Good looking men. So when did I feel ready? I think, you know, some of these we've touched on in our episodes. I think for me, it was really centered around, I think when you're in those deep healing stages, when you're in the depths I can't imagine that being a good space to to meet someone. And that was my thought process. Like if I'm sleep deprived, if I am stretched to the bare minimum, if I'm financially really not in a good place, like for me, I just know when I want to meet someone, I want to be feeling really good. I want to be feeling centered and grounded. I want to know where I'm at, what I'm looking for. So for me, it was really making sure, you know, when you're like, I'm really trying to move away from like checklists that I used to have because I used to have them pretty hard trying to move Mm -hmm. away from that. But you know, when you used to write a checklist and then I would look at it and I'd be like, how many do I actually fit in? Because if I have these great expectations of this man that I want to call in, but I'm flailing at half of them, like who do I think I am? So for me, it was really just being clear on how good I'm feeling. And when I did get to that space, 
that is when I did look to date. So I did touch on it before. I have had a relationship and that lasted almost a year. And I guess since then, when I decided to come back into dating, I took a really long break after that. That one sort of hit me pretty hard. I guess just obviously introducing a child to someone and having them, I guess he, yeah, he fathered my child for almost a year. My my child doesn't have a dad around. He's never met his dad. So while they now do FaceTimes and stuff like that, he's never met him. So to have someone step into a father role and then step out, I guess it's different when it is the father and they continue that relationship in a different capacity. I was then having conversations with Lenny about why he could no longer see this person anymore. And obviously for a two and a half year old, they're like, why not? That makes no sense, you know? So I took a long break and again, it really came back to that, how I felt within myself, how good I felt within myself. And I have moved around a little bit over the last couple of years and it was really when I came back to Melbourne, finding a new place, feeling really grounded and centred, safe and secure, feeling really content in my work. And then even, to be honest, a big one, like launching this podcast, like this is something that while I didn't know it would be a podcast, I had always been like, I want to do something with single mums, obviously recognising the big years that I've had over the last four years, the idea of doing a passion project or something like that, I was like, I don't have time for that. So just hitting these little things that have been personal goals of mine just kept making me feel like, okay, I'm I'm ready. I'm I always wanted to meet someone from a space of me feeling, you know, really full and whole and content. And, you know, it's amazing. Like most single mums, it's like we are more self-sufficient than you could imagine. We are doing everything, like never wanting to meet someone from a space of like filling a missing gap. It's like being full and whole and complete. And if someone comes in, that's amazing. Now I did talk about going off dating apps and the reason why I went off dating apps was really, I guess, a time thing. I don't know if you've been on dating apps before, but I found them incredibly draining. I found them incredibly depressing and just consumed so much time that I didn't have, you know, and just, I'm not fucking around. Like I'm 32. I have worked out. I do want to meet someone like I'm really comfortable to say I desire a life partner. And I just didn't know that the men that were on there, I'm sure there are plenty, but I think it's really hard to actually find that and to really sift through those people that are looking for what you're looking for. So I just made a conscious choice that, again, coming back to focusing on myself, I'm like, I'm going to step off these pages. I don't want to waste my time. My time is so precious. I have all these other things that I want to do. My goal was I wanted to, um, I guess, just put myself out there a little bit more. It's something that I did when I was a young single woman before children. I went to events. I went to yoga. I went to meditation classes that was sort of the life that I had before. And I did meet people through that. So as much as it's not as easy now, I just thought that's how I'm going to have to do it. Like, no, you cannot go off. If you really want to meet someone, you can't just go off dating apps and sit at home on your couch. Like they're not going to come knocking on your door unless they work for Uber Eats. Like it's just not going to, it could happen. (laughs) 
But I used to joke about that. I'd be like, you know, I want to meet someone, but I'm like laying on my couch every night and it's like far out, like this isn't going to happen. So, you know, there's events in Melbourne. I know they're in Adelaide. I'm pretty sure your brother even runs them, but I was like, I'm going to go to breathwork events. There's free events on the beach. There's, you know, they're the kind of like-minded community, people that are working on themselves. I'm like, they're the people that I want to be around and they're the environments that I would assume a man that I might be interested in would be. And that was the thought process that I had coming off the apps was just sort of getting uncomfortable and trying to get myself in those environments. I guess the funny thing is when I made that decision, what's really curious is on my episode, the the moment where I got emotional and the moment where I think I've always had a bit of a block is connected to dating. So while I had this grand idea that I would go out and do those things. I had this block in my mind that dating for me was always going to be impossible. And it was obviously this this thing that I was running in my head all the time, not getting co-parenting weekends off or those sort of guaranteed times where you know you could invest in meeting someone. Me not currently having the financial capability to get babysitters left, right and centre to invest in someone. I just always thought, fuck, even if I did meet someone that I really liked, it's just going to be so fucking hard and it's going to be frustrating for them. It's just not going to be a simple thing. And I think that stopped me so often. Around the time that we launched my episode, I had recently set up a roster with my group of friends and that has just been, I can't even tell you how next level it's been and how much it has literally changed A, how I look at dating, but even my life, like all of a sudden there is like so much room for possibility. I used to, you know, when I had girlfriends that would start dating and would meet someone, I used to always, and I would cry about it. They would be in those early days of dating. And you know, when you first meet someone and you first start spending the night with them and you lay in bed together and you stay in bed all morning because you just like, it's those cute intimate chats and I just, I used to cry to my friends and, be, and say, I'll never have that again. I'll never have that experience of dating and getting to know someone because we're going to be woken up at 6.30 to a squawking trip. Like, it's just, I'm never going to have those beautiful, oh, I loved those moments in dating. What's amazing is this roster has created the space for that to happen. And and we talk so much, Jess, about manifesting and divine timing and all of these crazy things. And I am now in a situation where I am dating someone and it's happened in the most most strange and unique way that I couldn't have even thought up. Like it's just wild. And so now all of a sudden I have this roster and so I've met this person and I'm like, oh, I can actually see, I can look down the future and go, I could actually see myself properly investing in this person and dating this person because there's time, there's space, there's support, there's help. And because I've asked for it, it's taken me a lot to get there. It's taken me four years to be able to properly ask for help. And fuck me, like how silly, like for me to be a hero and think that I can cover this all on my own, it's just not possible. And the minute I started asking for help, people jumped at it. So It's gifted me so much in so many areas, but especially in this one, I guess just the possibility of dating and having a vision that it's actually possible and 
those moments that I thought would never happen for me are a possibility and are a reality that I'm like far out. I'm actually so fucking excited about that. And yeah, it's still going to be challenging. It's still going to be, you know, without sort of going too much into detail, he happens to be my neighbor, which is interesting. (laughs) Interesting in its own right, because he's seen all of me with this four-year-old boy. It's, you know, what the hell is that? It's crazy. This is so Desperate Housewives. I love it. I never watched that. Is that positive or? The Eva Longoria Desperate Housewives where they all date their neighbours. Like they're all <laughs> next door and they live in a cul-de-sac and they all date their neighbours. Yeah, it's wild, right? But yeah, and it was, I guess, again, I think coming back to if your mindset is that it's impossible and I had that mindset for a really bloody long time and I had the mindset that if I get off dating apps, I would never meet someone and it would be too hard. And I think just for me to go, no, what's important for me is to get off them. They're not helping me. They're not benefiting me. And I believe that if I get out of my comfort zone and I commit to doing these other things, it will happen. It didn't happen in that way. He happened to fucking live next door to me. And I have no idea what this will be in the future. I'm not projecting anything, but who knows what it will be, but it's fun and it's exciting and it's a possibility. So And so handy. That he lives and next it's door. so bloody handy. So you couldn't really make that shit up, to be honest. Oh, I just, it's just, I just cannot believe that, like you said, you know, you never know where anything will go. But the feeling of just, like I remember when I just first dabbled in not, you know, dating or whatever when I was, you know, single and after being a mum and that feeling of that affection and just feeling like I am me again. You're not, you're not Lenny's mum in that moment. You are yep. just Rachel. Yeah. And it is so empowering. Like it is you and you're just like, oh, I'm back, I'm back. It's me. Back. Someone finds me pretty and wants to kiss me. And you're like, oh my God, I'm used to a child all yes. over me. Even just intimacy outside of in the bedroom. <laughs> Not that we're talking about the bedroom, but outside of that, it's just just loving touch. And when you are giving all of yourself to this little person and to not receive back anything in terms of warmth and loving touch, I've actually cracked this joke a bit. I cracked this joke that I actually used to get a crush on all of my body workers, like chiropractors and stuff like that. And none of them were particularly that attractive, but I used to joke that I'm like, all it took was a man being kind to me and touching me in a way that was just loving and kind that all of a sudden I'd be like, oh my gosh, like, but it's sad because it's like, it is so needed, you know, we should be held and loved and supported. And when you don't get that, it does feel really hard, you know? You were paying for that. So what is that? Oh God. (laughs) Oh gosh. My back's out again. Yeah. Oh, me back. Rachel, you're fine. There's nothing wrong. No, there is. Just, just touch me back. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, I, and do you know what's so crazy? If you're not into manifesting, guys, I know it sounds a bit woo-woo, but for us, and manifesting pretty much is that you don't know how things will happen, but you put mm-hmm. the faith in it, you put the belief in it, belief in it, and you put it out there. So, and you are always so surprised how things happen. So I just am like, I just can't believe that. Anyway, I love it. Can yeah. I ask, 
when um, you obviously now starting to, you know, dating and whatnot, what are some of the qualities now that are your non-negotiables or things that you, that might be deal breakers now being a mum? It's so wild. I have to admit, I have not had great relationships in my early years of dating. I had some pretty shockers, to be honest. And I think I actually often say this and I I guess it's maybe one of those silver linings that, you know, sometimes you've got to just come up with about being a solo parent. But for me, I had sort of damaging early relationships that I think through my early 20s, I was very hard and very cold in relationships. And I know that it was a protective defense mechanism. And so to be honest, I don't think I was great in relationships myself. I think I was quite frustrating to be with as well. And I hate to say it, but in many ways, I was so focused on being this strong, independent woman when I was in those relationships that it actually took becoming the epitome of independent in my life as a solo mum to go, fuck me. Like, I actually don't want this. I want to share my life with someone. So I do look at my experience and I'm kind of like, thank goodness, like all of the things that I have learned over this time has actually put me in a position where I am going to be a better partner. I'm going to be, you know, I have all these learnings and things of what I want in a relationship. One thing I know for certain going into dating is I am so fucking clear on what I want. Like it could not be clearer that I am looking for my main thing, to be honest, is looking for someone that is deeply committed to doing the work on themselves individually, to be better, to grow, to understand themselves better, to understand themselves in relationship, to understand themselves in communicating, just being deeply committed to that process because it's something that I am. And I know when you're in a relationship, if one is really sort of invested in that personal growth and the other isn't, I think it's incredibly challenging. And then obviously bringing that into relationship too. Like, you know, you meet people that are like so committed at work and life is work is their life. And yet when it comes to their relationship at home, it's like they don't have that same drive to like develop their skills. And, you know, like we don't, I'm not great at so many things, but the one thing I could, you know, hand on heart say is that while I may lack in certain areas, I do want to be better and I want to do whatever it takes to develop that, to get better at that. So my number one thing is that. And I think for me, maybe that's where I learned in my last relationship, he was a beautiful person, like a beautiful man. And I still think of him as this just beautiful person, but he was just not at a stage in his life where he was there yet. And we had a lot of, I think, clashes in that area because I was so on this this train of if we're moving forward together, like I need you to come with me and I need you to be able to communicate on my level where we're open to having these conversations. So that's my number one. And, you know, metrics that I used to look for in the past were, to be totally honest, probably quite superficial. And, you know, at the end of the day, I just want to be supported and I'm looking for someone that is committed to doing what it takes. I think in this day and age, yeah, people are pretty quick to just move on to the next thing and and not really commit to things and work at things. So I guess that really does come back to doing the work. For sure. (laughs) What about you? Is that something that, you know, went through your dating process? 
Do you have time? Because it's a listener. <laughs> um, no, I just, gosh, the amount of, oh, my God, if you're single, you need to listen. If you haven't, I'm sure everyone has. Matthew Hussey, his oh, podcast. Yeah. Holy yeah. moly. He is incredible and changed the way I thought about so many things. Even sometimes his taglines are just enough to get me. There was yeah. one that said something about, did the one get away? He's like, well, he's not the one if he's not with you. Totally. Like, and that's they're not it. choosing you. Yeah. Simple as that. He's not the one. Move on. Another big one that, sorry, I'm going to get to my point, but another big one was about change. It, and he said something about, think about something that you've tried to do, a diet, um, you know, a routine, a habit, whatever. How hard is that to do? Like how hard it's change? Now think if you were asking that of your partner to do something, they mm-hmm. if they don't want to do it to their core it, and even when they do, it's hard, they're not going to change for you. Mm-hmm. So I think probably the biggest thing that when I started thinking about a partner again, it was needing to be okay with the person exactly who they are in front of me yeah. in that moment. Obviously, yeah. yes, a lot of self-development and a lot of continuous self-work. But I think when we were younger, and we've already touched on this in our previous episodes, that we did fall in love with potential and we yeah. did fall in love with when you're young you you don't think about all of these big things but when you've gone through having a child you've gone through a broken family you then realize that and we're all a bit older now in that if you're meeting someone now in your 30s and 40s that they need to be pretty much like I want to say like 98% of what you want in a person yeah I just wouldn't be look like personally for me like I wasn't looking for someone that I was like maybe in a few years you know he'll get there or you know, yeah. so I think that was just really important for me that taking whoever I was dating for who they were exactly as they were, as they were, and which is why I did not date much. And now my partner, now I just, we are, we are like the male female version of each other. Like there's few things that differ, but yeah, I think that's probably one thing that if maybe you're looking for now is to, is to look for those things. Yeah. Like I said, work out, work out what you want. And I think the, the other thing, obviously I didn't even mention this, but far out, probably the main thing is what I'm looking for in terms of values. I I do think this is a positive. I think there are many separations that happen because when you have children, you have different ideas as to how you think that looks and whether that's in how you discipline a child, whether that's how you raise them, whether that's what school they go to, like these are the very real things that I think for many people, obviously smart ones probably have these conversations beforehand, but, you know, lots of people probably don't have these conversations like, okay, when we're sleep deprived and haven't slept in in a year and a half, how are we going to navigate conflict together and what's that going to look like? You know, the beauty I do believe I do have very strong values as to how I want to raise Lenny. And so I do think, you know, when I meet someone, I think it's a positive. They're going to have a pretty damn clear look as to what that looks like. And Mm -hmm. if that is too much for them, if it is not how they vision doing it, I think they're just very early conversations now that I have because I'm like, this is how I'm doing it. So if I meet someone else and I am then thinking I do want more children, I think, now that's how I'm currently sitting if I do want to meet someone and have children again they're going to have a solid idea as to what that looks like and you would like to think that there's going to be a little bit more clarity on sort of those issues that come up when you're in relationships but I guess more than that it's even just you know choosing someone that has values that I actually would want my son to be around you know 
How do they look at the world? How do they show up in relationships and friendships and with everyday people? Is that someone that I want my son to be around and to model? Is it, you know, how do they show up? You know, obviously when you're not introducing them, it's hard, but you know, when you do, what are they like with your child when he's tantruming and getting frustrated and he's tired? Is he lashing out? You know, these are all things that, you know, are pretty important. Yeah. Oh, and there's just so many, so many. We could talk about this for hours, but we could. yeah, I completely agree with you. And I'm just really excited that you've started dating. <laughs> so I think we'll leave it there. We thought yeah. this is going to be, I don't know how long we've gone for, but these are just, you know, two questions we wanted to kind of unpack with you guys and continue to send your questions in because we would love to kind of keep chatting about it. Let us know if you enjoy just these chats about questions or, you know, kind of you do like the same, I guess, guest approach, which we were kind of planning on doing every week, but we're going with the flow and we're, um, we hope that you guys are, yeah, just, just loving what we're putting out. Thanks so much guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mothering On My Own. If you'd like to connect with us further, please follow our Instagram at motheringonmyown.podcast. Thank you.